Well, it's good to be here. This is like really becoming a favorite place. I like to come because you're like family. And when I walk in here, I feel that family. I just feel that family spirit. And you know, I've told you this before. You don't experience that everywhere. And so don't take for granted what God has done here. It's, it's very precious. It's very, very precious. Um, where was the where was the young lady that was over here on the uh, she was knelt down here in the corner do you know where she is is she around did she is she around oh, I, I see you yeah I see you back there come up here and sit on the front for a moment because I'm going to need you in a bit and it's going to be really good yes applaud yes <laughs> I like that t-shirt. Well, since I was here last, you know, the last time I was here, I talked about realms. I actually wrote a book on it. So if you are still kind of like saying, what was he talking about? There's actually a book now that you can go and um, you can uh, read. And we've launched an online school like everybody else is doing. And I'm right now teaching this book in the school to be aired in about five to six weeks. And so I'm taking the things that I've been teaching and, and traveling. And so this is back there. And then I wrote another book since I was here last. And it's called The Fathering Heart of God. And I've had some fathers tell me it's probably the most impacting book they've ever read. Um, you know, I asked my spiritual father, Jim Hodges, who is Dutch Sheets' spiritual father, and asked him if he would just do a foreword. And his foreword in this book is worth getting to read what he said, more so than the book. But he said that he said he literally was in tears as he was reading it. And to have, have somebody say that in a foreword is not real, um, not normal. But what, what I want... What, what is your name, huh? Elizabeth. Wow, that's cool because, you know, well, I'll get into that one. On the front of this book, there's like a ring. I don't know if you see that ring or not, but there's like a ring there. That's what's there. That ring on the front of the book is actually the ring on my finger right here. So now this is where I need you. So I want you to take this ring and put this on your finger because you're going to keep that for me tonight till the end of the service. I need it back. Okay. Just so that's clear. And I want you to think about something you're believing God for. Something that seems real impossible. So here's what happened to the ring. We were in a meeting and the presence of God was saturating us where literally oil started to rain on us in the meeting. And it was raining on all of us to the point I can open my Bible because the background of that is my Bible, I believe it's in Romans, where literally it just started pouring oil and anything that was open got oiled. And these big marks came into my Bible there, I can show you where that, there's a couple drops that came there. 
of my Bible, and it just started raining on us, and it got to the point we couldn't hold the microphone. And this went on for about three weeks. And so oil was caught in things and formed, and people didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know what to do with it. And so they were eating it. They were taking it home with them. They didn't know what to do with it. And I had one drop of oil left. And I said, God, what do you want me to do with this last little drop of oil? And he said, I want you to make a ring out of it so a generation that hasn't seen could believe. And when you go places, I want you to put that on someone's finger so that they would realize that what is on their hand started out in heaven and is now sitting right here. And that there isn't anything, young girl, that he cannot do for you. And that goes for all of you. So we didn't come here tonight to talk about that, did we? That's a bonus. Because I was sitting over there and God told me to do that. Now whether that encourages her faith, that's great encourages your faith, that's great. Has to encourage my faith because I was obedient to do it. But tonight what I want to talk about, because God changed my message this afternoon and said, no, I want you to do this now. And why does God change a message? Because you all changed as the afternoon went. (laughs) Do you realize that that goes on? And do you realize that like the worship team tonight was singing about the beauty of God, and God said, I want you to talk about the beauty realm tonight. And they were singing about the beauty of God, and and it was like, so probably maybe the worship team chose some songs out today that was on their heart that God wanted to sing, and God said, now I want you to change what you're going to do to match what they're doing so you're all in sync. So sometimes we have to be adjustable. You hear what I'm saying? So I'm going to talk tonight about the beauty realm of God, and I'm going to basically just kind of march through a few chapters in Revelation, in the book of Revelation. And what this is going to be tonight isn't so much a teaching. Tomorrow night I'm going to teach about making your altar, your heart an altar to enter into, uh, into heavenly realms and how God interacts with us. But tonight I just want to inspire you. We've all had a long year. It's Christmas time. I think we need some inspiration. You know, it's good to just stop and say, you know, what do I really know about heaven tonight? So I'm going to try to read some things to you tonight in a way that will hopefully take you out of this place and take you into another place. That will start to challenge even how maybe you think about things. And so when we start to look at it, the book of Revelation is a revelation of Jesus Christ. It's not so much a revelation of end-time prophecy. It's a revelation about him. And what's amazing is this book, it actually opens and closes in the same moment of time. And when you look at Revelation 1.1, it says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. In 1.3 it says, For the time is at hand. The divine moment of God is at hand. But when you go back to Revelation 22, you see that the, there's an, the exact same wording again. In 22.6 it says, 
show his servants things which must shortly be done. See, he says, these are things that are going to come to pass. And then in 22, he says, these are things that are going to be done for the time is at hand. The divine moment is at hand. So God has this entire book setting in a moment of time, but in eternity, there really is not time as we know it. In eternity, everything is past, present, future, all at once. Time does not really exist in heaven. So we are, he's, he's like stepping in, and in this, this is a stepping in moment that happens in the book of Revelation. And what we'll see tonight is that we see that John in Revelation 1.10 says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And he got himself into a place in God that was very necessary. The word in means a fixed position or state of being. He got into the spirit, the pneuma, the breath of God. He stepped into what God was breathing on. And there's times that we can step into what God is breathing on, and there's times that we can miss the moment of time, and we miss that opportunity, and we have to wait for it to come back around. But he made a decision that he was going to step in and he said this is, it was on the Lord's day. It was on the Lord's timing. It was when God determined it and called him and beckoned him away. And there's times that God will beckon you away and say, I need your attention for this moment of time. This is my moment of time with you. And you have to determine if you're going to step into that moment of time with him or if you're going to just kind of ignore the beckoning and the call. Because John got a divine invitation in Revelation 4, he had seen some things in the first three chapters about where the church was, and he heard the, tr uh, the trumpet talking, and he turned back, and he looked backward, and he saw all those things. But what happened was he got a divine invitation. And I believe we're in a moment of time where God, we're in this, this divine moment, this, this time that there are things that we must see that are hereafter. That's what he said. John, come up here and I want to show you some things that you've got to know for the moment you're living in. And I don't know about you, but I feel like there's things that we must know in this moment of time. And we're not quite grabbing hold of them. They're kind of eluding us. They're, we're close to it. We got to get ourselves more fixed into it. We got to get ourselves more, more, more present in the moment, is how I describe it. Being more spiritually aware of my environment, being spiritually aware of what's around me and, and the interactions of heaven that's going on with the earth right now, because heaven is doing a lot of interacting with the earth. There are a lot of people I know right now that are experiencing things in God and they're telling me things, and it's like, it's starting to open up these realms of God, starting to come into the earth with an understanding of why they're coming. Why am I here? What is my purpose? What is my destiny? What is this all about? And these are things that are necessary in this moment. So John got this invitation, a really divine invitation, and he didn't just casually stepped in. He fixed himself in that place. And he said, I'm, I have to find something out that God wants to show me. He wasn't floating in and out. And sometimes we float in and out. Even in this meeting tonight, your mind can make you float in and out of this meeting. You've you got to get your mind submitted to your spirit so that your spirit is in charge of your thoughts tonight. 
and step in because I believe God this weekend is giving us a divine invitation to step into things and get answers for our lives that we've been longing for for a long time. I think there's things that God wants to put upon you. I think there's God, things that God wants to deposit within you. I think there's all kinds of things that need to come for the next year that's about to unfold. We believe this next year, our group believes this next year is going to be a real year of warring. But the warring is going to be different. It's going to be done in a different way, with a different approach, with a different understanding. And there's things that God wants to give us right now to equip us for what's coming in the future. So John saw some of these things because he was in a very specific moment, a very specific place, and he had a very specific mindset to see those things, to pursue those things, to understand those things. And I believe that's where we need to come. And I, I see this a lot of times that when we, we come into things, we get so distracted or we get, we get to like just moving around. And, and it's like, where is God in the midst of that? He is right here wanting to speak to us if we'll just get settled for a bit. And sometimes we need to get still. And sometimes we need to tarry. And sometimes we need to get our spirit engaged. And I know we've all, like this week, this week, we've all had a week, and it's Christmas, and we're running around, and we're doing the Christmas stuff, and your family's coming, and i got to cook noodles, and whatever else is going on, you know, it's, we're, it's all this stuff that's going on. See, I knew I, that would connect with some people. There's all this stuff going on, but where is God in the midst of the Christmas season? And he isn't just in some Christmas carol. And he isn't just giving us some sort of a Christmas story. My people know that I don't do Christmas story at Christmas. <laughs> it's Christmas to me every, every day. I'm celebrating him every day. I'm celebrating his birth every day. So i got to get past this introduction. So he hears voices. He hears frequencies. He hears all kinds of things. And he's given this come up and you know what the come the come up is it is an invitation and it is a command it's as if John had no other thing that he could do except he had to answer the beckoning call of God in that moment so he goes through the doorway in Revelation 4 1 and so there's my introduction now we'll get started how's that he goes through a doorway he goes through an opening he goes through a framework with no door, no hinge, no lock. Do you know why you have a door on something? It's to keep varmints out. It's to keep people away. It's to keep privacy. It's to keep the cold out. Heaven doesn't need a door to keep anything out. Heaven has an open invitation to you to just walk on in. You don't have to even knock. It's, all, it's there. There's no, in other words, there's no restriction on your life to enter into it. You can just freely go through that opening that God has for you. And God has an opening for every one of you. I believe you'll, he'll, there'll be openings made for you this weekend to enter into things and go into things. And so the, the doorway that is the opening that's setting before us is an opening into his heart. In the scriptures, doors represent hearts and gates represent cities. There was a doorway into the heart of God. There was a doorway into the heart of the kingdom. There was a doorway into the heart of the Savior. There was a doorway that John had to go through. And when he went through, things started to unfold then. 
and all kinds of things started to happen. So I'm going to try to now shift gears a little more and start to walk through these scriptures. And what do these scriptures mean to us today? He goes through this doorway and he says, you got to see these things. And immediately he says in verse 2, I was in the spirit. Revelation 4.2. He says, immediately I was in a place. And in this place I saw a throne. And in that place I saw one that was seated upon the throne. He saw government. He did not see an empty throne. He saw that there was one that was been seated there in a fixed position of authority. And, there were, and he began to look upon that throne. And I love the fact that the first thing that he saw was a throne. And one seated upon the throne. He didn't see angels. He didn't see colors. He didn't see all these other things that we're going to see in Revelation 4. He saw him. He saw the Christ. He saw Jesus. First thing. That throne was a throne of grace. Grace. He was seated on grace. He is ruling with grace. There is this the rule of grace. The grace... Grace is the highest level of authority. And he was seeing the highest level of God seated on a throne. And in that place then, there was all these things that started to unfold around that throne. And Revelation 4.3, he that sat was to look like Jasper and Sardian. And there was a rainbow around about the throne in the sight like an emerald. He starts to see the one seated on the throne and he starts to describe him as a jasper, which is a diamond. He starts seeing him in a brightness. He starts describing him. And that, that is the same stone that we see in the walls of Jerusalem. It is, it's one of the stones that you'll see that describes the sea of glass. And he said it was sardian, which is a stone that has a blue and a red color. So he's seeing justice and redemption that's setting there as well. He's starting to describe these colors. And in the color spectrum of your eyes today, color is about three feet deep, and you see about three quarters of an inch. Now, I don't know how they know that, but they seem to know that. So you're seeing this much of color, and God has like this much of color. And there's things and there's colors in heaven that we have never seen. And there are sounds in heaven we've never heard. And there are instruments in heaven we've never heard played. And there are, there are languages and words that we don't have description for. Because Paul said that I heard, I heard unspeakable things. I heard things that were so holy I don't even know how to speak them on the earth. They're reserved for heaven. And so John starts to see this. And isn't it amazing that John's been boiled in oil and he's on the Isle of Patmos. And he believes that his life has ended and he's wondering, he's a slave, he's mining stuff out of the earth and he's wondering, will my life ever amount to anything? And God takes him into this heavenly visitation. And from that point then the church is encouraged and you may be sitting here today thinking, what is my life? In a moment of time, God can take you into something that has impact for, for generations and generations to come. Don't think of yourself as you're caught in your circumstance. God wants to open your spiritual eyes to see at a higher plateau and a higher plane. You see, I could today come and talk to you about hope and I can talk to you about all kinds of things. But the thing is, can we see... 
and start to get a glimpse of something higher that covers everything. And when he went into that place, he sees these, these colors, and then he sees this rainbow. He sees the promise of God, the mercy of God, the love of God. He sees something surrounding the throne, and it's circular in motion. It's not the half bow like we see. It was completely round. So it's a continuous of God. It's the continuous promise of God, the continuous mercy of God, the continuous love of God, the multifaceted colors of God. It's this completeness of God that God does everything in circular motion. And where he starts, he brings us back to conclusion. And we just go like this and around and around the throne. There's all of this going on because it's covenantal. And covenantal is circular. He comes in, he sees this emerald, this green hue, color. And it symbolizes life. That there's life in this place. There's, there's a life-giving flow that's coming out of this throne. And all of these things are setting in this place. And emerald was one of the foundation stones in Jerusalem. It was one of those, those stones. We can see it in Genesis 9, Ezekiel 1.28. And all of this is wrapping in light. And it's glowing. And it's, it's like this whole thing that John is seeing is alive. And it's just moving. And there's motion. And all of, all of this is going on around this throne. There's, there's all of this happening. You see the, the throne is setting it's like it's stable. It's fixed. It's, in, it's not moved. Jesus isn't moved. Things in heaven are not moved by what we're moved with. And it's fixed, but all this activity is moving around it. Because everything is full of life. Everything is in motion. Everything is moving and moving and moving. And around about it in Revelation 4.4 it says there were 24 elders. And we start to see the humanity of God. We see the, the human element being pulled into the throne. And they're setting on other thrones. And they're ruling and they're, they're reigning. And they're seated there with him. But isn't it It's amazing because it's like the first throne is Jesus. Not us. Not humanity. And he pulls us in and he says, you're seated with me in heavenly places. I, I got you seated right here in the activity of heaven. And that is your portion tonight as a believer. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. It is not a future moment. It is a present tense moment. Present tense, you are seated there. Present tense, you have access to all of these things. Present tense, you can see these things going around the throne. If you would just step into that place in the spirit and begin to, to see what John saw. The invitation is there. I've been going into some of these things and seeing these things. And in Revelation, he says, in Revelation 4, he says these, they had their heads of crowns of gold. Golden crowns that were setting upon their heads. Crowns, there's five crowns that you get as, as a believer upon the earth. And they were wearing these crowns. That's what it says on down. And they, when they knelt before the Lord, they cast their crown. And when they cast their crown, they didn't just like take their hat and try to throw it at something. It literally means they were... They humbled themselves and got on their knees in the awe and reverence of God. And the crowns on their head rolled off of their head towards the throne. Is this helping you at all? Are you encouraged? You see, there's, there's something that's more than a harp setting up there in a cloud waiting for you. There's a whole lot more of activity going on 
in heaven and God's just waiting for us to conclude business with our life on the earth. There's a whole lot going on. And he says, these, so there's these crowns. And I was, I was in a meeting in Canada and I, I saw a man who, had, who was sent here from um, the Middle East to create bombs to destroy parts of America. He learned bomb making when he was eight years old. For his eighth birthday, he got an M16 rifle. And they trained him to be an assassin. And they trained him how to come to America and to create havoc. And, and you know, he was supposed to blow things up. And what happened was a Christian found him on the streets living and welcoming him to his house and converted this guy. And here he is standing before me. And he went through a lot of suffering. His family was killed when they found out that he was converted. And what happened to him was all of these things that he had been through. And in a vision, I saw a crown setting on his head. And it was, and it was very, very thick. Like very thick. Because we think of a crown as something very thin, you know, like this little laptop. Very thin little crown. But his crown was like an inch thick. And I asked God, I said, why is his crown so thick? I said, it's so thick, the weight of it is starting to bend it under the weight of what he's carrying on his head. And he said, the ones that suffer the most get the thicker crown. The more suffering you go through, the thicker it becomes. And I imagine like these elders that are sitting here on this throne with these crowns, there's probably been some suffering. If you've been through some suffering in, in your life, no matter what it is, there's probably some thickness to the crown that's carrying on your head, which is a value that God puts upon what you've been through on the earth, and yet you've not denied him. You've not denied the faith. You've not, you've not turned your back and went the other way. You stood fast. And God wants to commend you for, for what you've been through. We're going through a lot of stuff, folks. But God's, God's building something in us for an eternal, an eternal perspective for us to see things in a different light. Our suffering on the earth is so temporal. It's compared to what? The glory that will be revealed in us. That glory is part of that crown. That glory is part of these, these visitations of seeing these things in God. I mean, now look at what John went through being boiled in oil and thinking his life is over and the suffering that he went through. And then God says, no, I want to grant you something that the church will begin to. Do you know what happened? They actually began to embrace martyrdom again. The church was waning. And John brings this vision of heaven and internal perspective comes into the heart of the people and they start to give their lives for the sake of the kingdom and the gospel and they lay themselves down and the motion of the church starts to go into the motion of heaven. There starts to be an interconnection. You see, for it's like, man, if you struggling, if you struggle, I'll meddle with you a little bit. If you struggle with worship, you will have a very hard time in heaven. It will not be pleasant for you. You know what I'm saying? But if you love worship, heaven's going to be a, a tremendous joy for you. And there's things that we can only do here in the earth. You are only going to be able to get people saved here. You're only going to be able to cast out demons here. You're only going to be able to heal people here. You're only going to be able to see miracles here. You're only going to have the joy of discovering this word here. 
There are privileges that we have here. What are we doing with the privilege that we've been given in this moment of time that we're living in? God's trying to get us to come and see that our lives count. Our lives, our lives have value to him right now in the earth. Because when we get there, we don't need to do any of these things. The joy of praying, the joy of interceding, the joy of witnessing, the joy of believing. All of the things that you, you take for granted and you do or you don't do or all the things that we'll never do there. Because we'll know him as he is. We'll worship him because of who he is. All of these things are going to be very different. So John gets into this place and he starts seeing all of these things in heaven. In Revelation 4, 5, and out of the throne, out of grace, out of that place of grace, the grace of God that passes understanding, out of grace comes lightnings and thunderings and voices, and seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God, which are the seven natures of Isaiah 11, 1, 2, 3, which are the seven, uh, the seven natures, the seven graces, this, all of those things of sevens of God. They're sitting there in, and they're burning. They're lamps. They're shining. They're illuminating. All of this is going on. And there's these voices that are thunders and lightnings. Man, we just had a storm come through our place. Thunder and lightning and 80 mile an hour wind was not pleasant. And I thought of that as I was hearing all that coming. I was thinking of this verse. And I was thinking about, you know what this verse is? It's the emotions of God. The emotions of God are being loosed. The emotions are coming and it comes like thunder and it comes like lightning it comes booming. It comes with a brilliance and a brightness. There's a, there's a brightness. There's the booming of God. And then there's the display of God. Because you know we're always counting. You know how far away is the storm. I saw the lightning bolt. And then here comes, you know, I saw the, the you know. And we're always like, where is it at? Where is it at? And these are the emotions of God that start coming towards us. And then there's these voices, which is the musical dimensions of God. And the angels are singing. And there's instruments that are playing and there's sounds and frequencies going on in heaven tonight. And if we could just tune in, we'd hear some of these things. John saw this and he, and he starts realizing that he's, in a, he's been invited into some, uh, in a place of very intense intimacy with God. Because God's wanting to reveal himself to him. And as you, go, as you start going through these verses... You start to see, and I'm coming to this verse in verse 6, and this is what I wanted to really say to us tonight. We're coming to verse 6, and before the throne there is this sea of glass. It says that it's glass, and it, 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 is, it is like unto glass, but it's crystal. It's, it's a sea. It's in motion. There's something that's moving before the throne, and it's reflective. You see, isn't it interesting you got this blue carpet tonight? Because we think of a sea as like blue. So do you realize that every time that you come here, because here's what we're all wanting. It's very, to me, it's very clear. We're wanting heaven to descend. We're wanting heaven to come down. We're wanting God's presence to manifest. God is already here, but what we want is manifest. 
And so what we have tonight going on is we have a meeting before his throne on a sea of glass. Because the sea of glass is the meeting place of heaven. It's where people came and they got instruction. It's where, they're, it's where people gathered to worship God. What were they meeting on? They were meeting on something that was in motion, something that was alive, something that was reflective, something that was capturing the colors of God and the frequencies of God, and it was reflecting and reflecting all over heaven. So we, when we come, we're meeting on a sea of glass. It's as if, if, you, if we could say that heaven was here tonight, the throne was setting right here tonight, because this is what God's trying to get us to do as the church in this hour. He's trying to get us to build a throne for his presence. He's trying to get us to come to a place where when we meet, it's, we're meeting with heaven as well. It's not just heaven's up there and we're over here and we're trying to connect. It's like, no, he's trying to get us to go through a doorway tonight. Come into a place. Come meet with me before my throne. Sit here, sit here before me in this motion and movement and reflection of, of him and what he has created in those places and come into that and allow that, allow that to begin to speak to you and begin to, to move you and bring you to a place. And when he, when he looks at this, when you look at this and you start to see this, that sea of glasses throughout the scripture, it's what Moses saw. And he said, I got to take the 70 elders and I got to show them. I want to bring them to that place of that sea of glass. And I want to peer. And when you look at it back there in Genesis, he brought them up and they could see the bottom side of the throne of God. And that sea of glass was setting there like this right above them. And we see it in Ezekiel. Ezekiel saw it. It's listed four times in Scripture, two times in the Old Testament and two times in the New Testament. And when he listed in the New Testament, he's listing it about what's before the throne. And as we come to meet before him, what, it, what gets accomplished in our hearts through all of that. And Ezekiel said, you know, in Ezekiel, he said, it has the likeness of. What I'm seeing has a likeness of, has the appearance of. He couldn't quite put it into words. Like, like Paul said, I'm seeing some things that I can't get into words. And there's things that I can't get into words tonight to try to convince you or try to change you. You have to determine how much of God do you want. And we're coming into days where the, the boundaries and limitations are coming off. The mind that limits us of what we can have in God is going to be removed. It's like the restrictions are coming off. And it's like God's saying, what are you waiting on? The door is open. There is no door on the doorway. Why don't you just come on in? Why, you know, we come in, and I know I've talked about it here because I talked about thresholds a couple years ago. It's like we go through a threshold and we peer around and we look around, but we never go in. And we love to go in and look and tell people what we saw, but we never go in to experience to tell them what, what happened. How do you think that oil came that's sitting on her hand. A whole group of people decided to go through a door. And they said, there's, we all said there's something that we got to have. We don't have what we need. We've got to go through and grab something from heaven tonight. God wants to pour something down on us. And we have never walked through. We touch. We put our toe in. 
I put my hand in and try to grab something, but I don't really go in myself. And because I don't go in, I'm not getting what I need. You know, it was a year ago when I was here, I talked about thresholds, how it's been a season of marking. Now it's a season of going in to get the fire off the altar. You see, the prayers of the saints have been collected there, and your prayers have been going up, just like those books your life has been writing in heaven. Your life has also been, every prayer has been put in this bowl, and God's about to pour that thing out into the earth. And he needs somebody to come through the threshold, the doorway, and come in and see the things that must be. One of the things that must be is we got to get some fire on us from heaven. It isn't just somebody come and lay hands on your head. I'm talking about your heart getting burning with him. Your heart burning where you can't live without doing what he's asking you to do with your life. You know, when people ask me, how do I get into ministry? How do I get going? I'm like, what is the one thing in your life that you cannot live without doing? That's the thing you need to do with your life. Tonight, what is the thing that you can't live without doing for God? Is that thing on fire? Is that thing burning tonight? Is it a passion that's driving you? Or is it something that you're, you're just, you know, you're, you're back here? And I, I like to tick my toe and dip in. And I like to take my hand and grab a little handful. But God wants you to get saturated with him. How did John see this? He was in the spirit. He was saturated with God. He was being consumed by him in this moment. There's things that God wants to give you. And you have to, but he's saying, can you give me your life? Can you give me your heart? Can you give me your affections? Can you give me your time? Can you give me of yourself so I can show you what I, your life is to be upon the earth? And don't worry, I got a mirror up here. I'm preaching to myself. I'm going through all of this right now. And I'm making decisions of what my next steps are going to be. I'm making decisions of what I'm going to put my hand to do. I'm saying, God, here I am. Do something with my life. I'm tired of living the way I've been living. I know there's more. There has to be more. I know there's more. And I've seen a lot of stuff. I got a ring on her finger right now. I've seen that. You know what's starting to happen? I'm, we're starting to see the gold stuff come again. But I don't promote this gold stuff. I don't promote the oil. I don't build a ministry around manifestations of God. I want a ministry built around Him, not what He does. You see? And I know people like to promote that stuff. But I'm not even, you know, I, I think it's great, but it's not impressing me. I'm saying, God, there's something more that has to impress me. I'm sorry. Is that terrible? I don't think it is. I've got like a holy dissatisfaction inside of me. I'm very, I'm very content. I'm very happy. I'm very satisfied. And then if the same breath I can say, folks, I am not satisfied. I am not content. I'm not settling for a false finish line. I'm going to contend and contend and contend till heaven begins to drop down. I want to pull heaven out of that doorway that John went through. I don't want to just go in and see some things. I want to bring some things back down here so other folks can see some things. You see? 
That's why God said, make this ring and show a generation. You know what I think is, oh, what's shameful for me and my generation? We saw a bunch of stuff, but we didn't hold it for a generation. And they're struggling to see what we experienced. And they're saying, is it authentic? Is it real? Show me the stuff like what John Wimber said. I signed up for the stuff. Can you show me that stuff? And that challenges me. And I have to say, in all honesty, I have to look at myself and say, what have, what have I misplaced? Or what did I lay down? Or where did I stop contending? Or where did I, where did I shift? Because I know what it took to get there. And we may have to go back like that axe head that floated and pick something up. And put it back where it's supposed to be. And I believe we're in a season God wants to restore to us some things that we've, we've shelved. And even some dreams that we've shelved. And he wants to give us something. And he wants us to have vision of why he's giving it to us. And we can, I can sit here tonight. I can teach you about all this stuff in these books. But I'm going to tell you something. That's not going to cut it. You have to decide how bad do you want this, these things from God tonight. It's you, not me. It's not me trying to push it on you. It's you saying, i got to have something, God. And you know what? It's not just for your own sake. It's for the sake of this community, this region. It's for the sake of the people that haven't tasted and seen that the Lord is good yet. It's for their sake. It's for a generation's sake that's looking and longing. And desiring and wanting. And John saw these things and he was caught away in it. I imagine if he got off that aisle, he probably, he probably witnessed every person in that place and got him saved. Probably the fire relit inside of him. And no matter what he'd been through, it didn't matter anymore. He was just rolling along. And he had seen all of these things setting in this book. And then he saw those, four, those 24 elders fall down and cast their crowns. And he realized, you know what? It's not in this for what I get out of it. It's what I can give to him. You see, it isn't about, you know, you, you working hard and getting a big offering and throwing in the offering plate and this is what I get. No, it's about God wants this right here. This is what he's really after. He's really after our hearts. If that doesn't speak to you, I'm sorry, it speaks to me. He's really after more of me. He wants another portion. He wants another place. He wants something that I'm held back. He wants something more from me. And that wrestling comes. Will I go through the door? Will I not? Will I just peer in or will I allow myself to go in and say, okay, God, here I am. Send me. Transform me. So I can be sent by you to do what you've asked me to do in the earth. I got two young girls. They just, they just are going to Brazil for a year. They just decided they got to go. They cannot live. And they've just got to go. They got to go. And God encountered them in one of our meetings, in a revealing meeting, and just really spoke to their hearts. And they said, I've got to give myself to what God's asking in this hour. John saw, the, saw this with... With the Christ, he saw all of this. 
In verse 11, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. And he basically was saying, this is not about, this is not about me. This is not about what I can get out of this. This is about what, who you are. It's about, it's about you, not me. In chapter 5, it starts going in that they're looking for somebody to open this book. And none was found worthy but one. And when, all, when there, was, there was weeping, who is found worthy? There was weeping over what, what they knew had to be. The book had to be opened. And here comes Jesus, the one found worthy. And he opens this book, the book that everybody had been waiting to be opened. All creation had been waiting. Remember, heaven isn't like future. It's present. It's like to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. It's like boom, a millisecond or less, less than a millisecond, whatever that is, how far down that gets divided out. It's like there is no time. And suddenly they, it, we're there. And he said, there's one that's been found worthy. And he is the Christ. And then it comes to the place where the father basically looks at the son and says, I'm going to transfer these realms to you. I'm going to transfer these things into your life. And that's what I talked about the last time. Now, I'm giving you a paraphrased version tonight of this. Because I have about 40 pages of notes in this whole chapter 4. I can go so deep into it, so far into it. But I'm giving you the stone skipping version. Okay? And what I want you to come out of this night is, is probably about three things. One is that you get a different understanding of what heaven is really all about. The power and the glory, the majesty, the authority, what is resting in that place, what you have access into, and what God is God's trying to show us that we and the second thing is what what are the things that God wants to show us that we must have in this next moment of time we're about to step into. It's a very critical moment. We all feel the pressure, don't we? We feel the criticalness of the moment. And I'm going to tell you something. You're not going to find the answer for the next season on Elijah list. You're not going to find it surfing around the Google and Internet. And you're not going to find it there. You're going to find it when you get your face into heaven. When you start peering into eternal things, because God's trying to bring something eternal to the church, not something temporal. A lot of the things that we read and all that are temporal type things. I'll tell you something, and this will amaze you. This right here is temporal, folks. This is passing away already. We get to heaven, we don't need any of these books. You see how temporal things are? You have no need of anybody instruct you but the Holy Spirit if you'll let the Holy Spirit take you there. If you let the Holy Spirit take you there, you don't need me to come here and talk to you. One of you will come up here and talk to you. Seriously, it's how it's supposed to be. You all have access to the same things I have access to. And I have access to all the things you have access to. And I have access to all the things that all the people that we think are great names 
I have access to those things just like you have access to those things too. They just decided to step into it. And it took me some time to step into it. And, I, and it's like it's God's like, I want you all to step into it. I'm no respecter. You can, you can move into it and get something from it. So when I start looking at, start looking at this in heaven and seeing that, that all of this is in that same moment of time, then I start thinking about how heaven's coming into the earth, how we pray for heaven to descend, how we're asking heaven to come, how we're asking God to manifest. And here's the question I always come back to. Have I made this look like heaven that he would want to come here? Have I made and prepared a meeting place of a sea of glass that what we do in, in a room is reflecting the sounds and frequencies of heaven? Is, it, is those sounds and frequencies bouncing around in my heart and my spirit? Are those things the colors of heaven, the, the spectrum of God? Do you realize that when I'm talking about color, I'm talking about sound as well because what you, sound, some sounds are in the spectrum of color and the frequencies of color. And your ear, he says, be careful what you hear. Your ear is the first thing that is the first muscle in your body that's developed and it's attached directly to all of your organs. So in the womb, what you hear is developing how you grow. And the last muscle that you have that stops working is your ear. So it's the, it's the first and it's the last. And it's picking up these frequencies. Your spiritual ears are hearing things in God. And, and God's trying to form things inside of you. It's why it's like we know in part, we prophesy in part because we hear in part. We see in part. But when we get together as this body, as this family, we make up a whole. Your hearing may be not as clear as someone else's hearing, but when we put all the hearing together in a room, we're hearing God in that moment if we all will just release what we're hearing, what we're seeing, what we're feeling, what we're experiencing. And then it makes a complete picture. And what we have then is a, a fullness of God that rests in a room. You see, you all have needs tonight. God has answers for every need. He uses a vehicle and a person in a room to meet your need. So you came with a need, and I guarantee every need in this room, the answer is setting inside somebody. Because God, God wants to meet your need. He has made a way to meet your need. And it isn't a fact that you come hoping that someone has an answer. It's like the expectation should become knowing that somebody's going to hear God and bring the answer to my attention and release that, release that sound of meeting my need. I believe some really crazy things, folks. You probably have figured that out by now. I mean, I really believe some outlandish things. I believe that we're not living where we need to be living. I believe there's, there's levels that we have never even thought about going to that we need. That's where we're supposed to be living at. I know there's people that are moving into those things and living in those things. But what makes them so special? They just went through an opening. They went through an invitation. 
And I honestly felt coming here this weekend, it's like I told, I told Yuri, I said, I don't have, I don't have a Realms 2. I don't have another addition to what I've spoken here. I don't have that. But I do know what God wants to do. He wants to challenge you to come to another level. And he wants to challenge you to, to see something different. And he wants to challenge you of what, what are you doing with what you've been given. All of those things are, 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 are what he wants to do this weekend. And so there's an invitation to all of you that you have, there's something that you have to determine Am I going to step into where God wants to take me? And maybe you can't step there tonight, but maybe you can step there in a couple days. You can step there in a week when you process things through. Now, I'm going to tell you this. God, God invited me to do certain things for him, and I had to process some of those things before I could step into those things. The problem is, is if I decide to put it off to another moment, I may put it off to another year and another year and another year. And what I've done is I've delayed. And I have a, I have a friend, and this is what he said to me. He said, you came in and you gave yourself 100% and ran. And I decided about partway through I was going to stop and do life for a while. And I kind of checked out of my growth with Christ and if I'd have kept going, I'd be doing what you're doing, but now I'm not doing it. And the guy's beating himself up, and I said, you know what? All you have to do is just make a decision to step in. It's that simple. And maybe you sit here tonight and say, I think I missed my moment. There was something I wanted in God that I wanted to do, but I never stepped in. I didn't do it. There was things that I was seeing, but I didn't know what to do with what I was seeing. So I just kind of backed away. I'm telling you, just start to take steps in. Take a step of faith towards it. Take another step of faith towards it. Start to step in, step in, step in. And you know what? You'll be doing the very thing that you were created to do. And you'll look back and wonder, how in the world did I get here? And how you got there was, is you saw something and you took a step. And you took another step, and next thing you know, you were right there doing it. So I don't know where you're at. With your walk, all your walks are different. All your, all your walks are different in this room. But I'm telling you, there is a moment of time that we have right now. I feel like we have a, a very short window to step into something. I don't know if you all feel that kind of urgency, but that's the urgency I feel. I feel like there's, there's decisions we got to make, and if we'll do it, we'll see an unbelievable glory come upon us, something that will rest down upon us that we can't even fathom or talk about that's coming to us. So let me pray something over you tonight. Father, I just thank you for your people tonight. God, I just... I know there's something so special resting upon this group. And I feel like they're going to establish something in this region that'll be a model into the earth. 
And Father, I believe they even carry invitations like John to go through open doors and to see things and to talk about it, encourage others in it. And God, tonight for people that said, I tried to step and I backed away, Father, give them courage to step again. Give them a strength to step in. Give them a boldness to step in. And Father, for others tonight that said, I've never stepped, I've never seen, God, just give them the courage to step over the invisible line and step in. And that their lives could be transformed and changed and they would see things that they have never seen. They would see marvelous things. They would see beautiful things. They would be captivated by it, taken away by it. And when life is rough, when, when things come, they just peer into what they have already seen and they understand that that can carry them through almost everything. Father, I just say, let these, let these, the veil that's over us be lifted off of us in Jesus' name. I break off the, the distractions of life and the entanglements that come. I break off those, the cloudiness that would rest over people's spirits. I break it in Jesus' name that they would just be free to be who you've called them to be and to accomplish their purpose in the earth. I call forth the dreams that are setting inside of people. I call forth the deposits. I call forth the building blocks to build parts of heaven into the earth that have been deposited inside of this people. I call forth, God, the ability to, to mortar it in with others that are building. And Father, I thank you that you've tempered that mortar and you fitly fit what each person is carrying in this room into this family for a purpose yet to be seen. But you're building something, God, of substance. And Father, I pray tonight you'd take feeble words, you'd take what I've said, you'd, but you would take your word, God, and expand it in, inside of us tonight. And we'd be caught away with who you are, even as we sang the songs tonight about your beauty, Father. When I worship, that's all I see is the beauty of who you are. So many things fade away. And Father, it's my desire tonight for these people setting in this place to be caught away with you, God, in greater and greater depth and fashion. That, it would, that they would just see, God, the longing of their heart in you. The dreams that they carry, God, would be ignited and, and be brought into fruition upon the earth. They would be caught away, God. Father, it's like we sang, all we need is you. You're the only thing that we need is you. And God, I'm longing, I'm longing tonight that a people would rise on the earth that walk in such victory and power and signs and wonders that are so convinced because they had a glimpse into heaven and that glimpse so, so impacted, so ignited their innermost being that they carried it back into the earth and they carried your presence in such a way that it convinced people around them 
Father, I say I want to be in that troop. I want to be in that company. I want to be in that tribe tonight, Father. And God, I want to drag people into that place in you. I want them to see things that I have seen. I want them to understand things that I, I have I've looked into and comprehend and that changed me and transformed me where this world holds no grip upon me anymore. Father, I just thank you for a willingness in hearts tonight, a willingness to step in, a willingness to understand. Father, I just, I bless this people with the spirit of understanding. I bless them, God, with, with the ability to see with their spiritual eyes new things. I bless their spiritual ears to hear mysteries and truths in heaven that they must have for this moment of time in their lives. I bless the destiny of their lives and what they will become upon the earth. I bless God. I bless, I bless, I bless the great desires inside so many to peer and see in the areas they've never seen. Holy Spirit, there's a work that only you can do in our midst. Our feeble efforts, our feeble words, but it's a spiritual action that you do. And tonight, Father, we give you permission to move. Holy Spirit, move within us. And convict us and transform us. Spirit of truth, bring the truth we must have for the days ahead we face. Now let them come like deposits, like seeds that would sprout and grow. And I hear the words oaks of righteousness plantings of the Lord I see the richness of the soil of your heart tonight see like a, a seedling coming up out of the ground with three leaves Father, Son, Holy Spirit planted in your hearts growing maturing Father, complete the work that you start in us. I ask God for a quickening of the work, an acceleration. For God, we feel that time is short. 
Give us the ability, Father, to accelerate. Give us the grace for transformation, for regeneration. I speak to hope tonight that's been lost even. I say, come back. Come back. I call you back. I hear the word dreamers. Dreamers. Dreamers begin to dream even more. Father, I just release a dream in the night season upon your people that dreams of heaven come. So Holy Spirit, just do a work that we would be marveled and amazed what the Father has planned for us. So here I am, God. It's you and me. I need just you and me so Father I bless the motion that you take us into Bless our families to accelerate them as well. I bless, Father. I thank you for these things tonight, Lord, that you will bring them to a finish, to a completeness and a wholeness, to a fullness. cause us, God, to be seen upon the earth as bright lights burning, as lamps ablaze with your nature and your power and your glory. Father, I know there's something that you've deposited in all of us that causes us to keep going forward. God, I ask that you would touch that in the place of acceleration tonight. Accelerate our learning. Accelerate our lives in you, our life in you. And Father, I just thank you for that tonight. I just, I thank you, Father. 
I thank you. I thank you that you're causing a people to rise up in an unprecedented way, in a way that's never been seen on the earth. And Father, I believe that this people here in this place have been called and marked for that. To come forth upon the earth in such a new fashion, with such a freshness upon them. their lives would be such a living witness that where they go and what they touch would transform everything around it. Such a presence carrying upon them that people would be without excuse and your presence, Father, would confront and change and convict and tug and pull upon people's hearts. Father, I just declare an ease to come and a striving to stop. An ease of being who you say we are. So, Father, I just bless tonight. I bless, I bless this house. I bless the dream of this house and the mission and vision of this house. I bless it, God, because it's made up in the hearts of all your people. I bless the intention, Father, and the stewardship of it. Father, we thank you tonight for you doing what we cannot do and you working in places we don't know. We thank you for a supernatural thing that you do inside of us. So, Father, I thank you tonight. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.